Good morning. Yes, good to have you here with us. Good to see you, and um, hope you've had a great week. And uh, we've got a lot of our friends, a lot of our church members, they're gone. They went south to Florida, and, um, but we're glad that you're here with us. In fact, my wife's family are from Florida, they came up here, so they went the opposite direction. Everybody goes south. They came north, and uh, we're glad to have them with us. I know Karen's glad to have them with us. And, um, and uh, we're, we're just trying to get rid of winter. I mean, winter is, uh, we're still in February. But, man, I've got good news. I'm going to be the weather forecast for you here. But good news and bad news. It can be 60 degrees on Tuesday, right? Yeah? Put the rain all day. But, you know, it's going to be great. And I'll take it. You know, it's not going to be snow. But, um, man... Um, I, I, um, this Wednesday night when the family came up, and I picked them up from the airport, and on Wednesday night, I said, what do y'all want to do? And they, were, they had their snow pants. They've got snow clothes. They, they bought it. I'm like, oh, man, so you guys want to play in the snow? They said, yeah, we want to play in the snow. And I'm like, dude, I don't play in the snow, but okay. I don't even have a snow pants. And, and so I'm thinking, what can we do? And I thought we'd go skiing. I, I haven't skied in 30 years. And I thought, I'd take them skiing. And they'd never skied. They thought, oh, you have skiing up here? I said, oh, yeah, we have skiing up here. It's not the Rocky Mountains, but we've got skiing. And so I, I took them out on Thursday, and, uh, and it was like riding a bike. I haven't skied in 30 years, but I pick it right back up. And, and, um, and they, they were falling all over the place. And I had my blue jeans on. They had their snow pants on. You know, and I'm just like, you know, going down the hills and hoping I don't fall because then I get wet and then I'm going to wish I had no pants. And, and so I had a lot going on for me. But, man, I, I got a point in all this because today we're going to be talking about Jesus walking on the water. And, uh, and I felt like for a couple hours on Thursday that I was gliding, you know, sliding down, walking on water. And it's just, just walking down, just going fast and I thought, man, this is so crazy, so cool. But, you know, Jesus walking on the water. And as, as cool as that is, that's not the most amazing thing about the whole story. The most amazing thing about the whole story is that Peter came out with him. I mean, Jesus is Jesus. That doesn't surprise me. But to have Peter come out and to walk on the water with Jesus... It's a pretty, pretty incredible story. And it, it blows my mind to think about that. And, and we're going to talk about this story today. And um, we're going to hang out in Matthew chapter 14. In fact, if you were with us last week, we were in Matthew 14. And earlier in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus fed 5,000 plus people. Uh, and so Jesus, is, you know, he's busy. He's had a busy day. And, and so we pick up the story in verse number 22. Jesus immediately made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So he takes them to the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is a beautiful lake, but it's notorious for all of a sudden storms showing up out of the blue. Very hard to predict the weather around the Sea of Galilee. It could be a beautiful sunny day. And the next minute or the next hour, it can, it can turn from, uh, from good into really bad. And so 
Here they are, they're on the lake, and after he dismissed, dismissed them, Jesus went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the wave because the wind was against it. So the wind had picked up, and, and, and verse 25, shortly before dawn, in the middle of the night, before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. The disciples saw him walking on the lake, and they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the waves, the Bible says that he was afraid. The Bible says that when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. So we're going to look at the story this morning. And uh, before we dive into this. I'm going to give you a preface to the story, a preface to my talk. This is not going to be a story where I give Peter a bad rap. Most of the time when you hear the story, Peter gets a bad rap. Oh man, he had bad faith. You know, he had weak faith. But today we're going to kind of look at Peter as an incredible story of faith because he did get out of the boat. There were 11 guys that stayed in the boat. They didn't even come out. But Peter actually had the faith to come out. So we're going to look at this, but here's what we want to get to this morning. If we want to walk in victory over troubled waters, we must learn to walk by faith. We have to learn to walk by faith. And so we're going to learn how we can walk above the turbulent troubles, or turbulent waters of troubles in our lives, the big storms and big waves that threaten to sink our lives. And we're going to talk about how we can walk in victory over those waves. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, For we live, or we could say, for we walk by faith, not by sight. See, if you're walking by sight, if you're walking by your eyes, you will be focusing on the wave. And you're going to look at the storms and the storms of life all around you. But if you're walking by faith, you won't be looking at the storms. You'll be looking at Jesus the whole time. So how do we become a water walker like Jesus or like Peter? How can we walk on water? How can we walk above the storms of life? 
I want to look at five things this morning that Peter teaches us on how to be a water walker. If you want to walk on water, look at these five things that we talk about walking over the storms of life. Number one, if you're taking note, don't give in to fear. Don't give in to your fears. It's a dark and stormy night. And the first reaction of the disciples when they saw Jesus was one of fear. One of fear. Notice how Jesus responds. He said, don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. It is me. And these guys, they they thought it saw a ghost. The disciples did. I mean, they're already on edge. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you're out on the lake, you know, and, and this time, there was lots of stories about the lake, that the lake was bottomless, that there were monsters living in the lake. There was all kinds of thoughts about the lake and about waters. And so there was already that kind of stuff going on in your brain. Now, these guys were fishermen, most of these guys, and so they kind of overcome that. But, man, they really got that going against you. Also, it's nighttime. All right? Anytime you're out at night, that just, that just magnifies your fear sometimes. It's something about being in a dark place all by yourself. Now, up in our family cabin, up in Mayo, about three hours north of here, Mayo, Michigan, and my family cabin is about a quarter-mile walk, a quarter-mile away from my grandparents' cabin through the woods. And so sometimes I'll be at my grandparents' house hanging out and say, hey, i got to go back to the cabin, and it's 11 o'clock midnight. And, and I'm walking by myself, and sometimes I have a flashlight, sometimes I don't. I'm just hoping that I can stay on the trail, watch the moonlight, you know, get through the trees and walk through. But there's something about walking in the woods, in the middle of the night. And, and my hearing magnifies, I, mean, I have bad hearing, but for some reason my hearing picks up everything. Everything. I hear, I hear uh, probably me that step on a twig, all right? But I hear the noise. I say, oh, I just heard something. There's, there's a maniac behind me. And I, I start thinking wild thoughts. It's happening in my mind. And before I know it, I, I start picking up my pace a little bit, all right? And, and, and I hear something else, and I say, okay, that might be a bear. I, I don't know. I haven't seen a bear up, up there forever. I know they're up there, but I've never seen one. But I'm saying, oh, I just heard a bear. I didn't hear nothing but probably myself. And so nothing I know. I'm running. I'm, I'm, I'm making a mad dash through the woods, jumping over stumps, jumping over trees, and, and trying to get to the cabin. I right? just something about darkness. Something about being in the middle of the night, out in the middle of a lake. They have all these things going on here, and it was a little spooky. It doesn't take much to push you over the edge when you're afraid of something. Especially if you're in the, at a lake. There's millions of people. Millions of people haven't stepped in the ocean since they've seen the movie Jaws. Uh, it's, oh man, I'm not stepping in the water. I'm not stepping in the water. There's sharks in the water. All kinds of stuff. And so here they are, the disciples. They've already got stuff going on. It's in the middle of the lake. It's dark. And then Jesus shows up walking on the water, and they cried out, it's a ghost. I mean, it, they're, they're freaking out. They're freaking out. Fear will make you see things 
that aren't really there. That's what fear does. It makes you see things that are not really happening. One of my favorite uh, authors is Zig Ziglar. He wrote a book, and I've read several of his books. And in his book, he defines fear as false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear can be a powerful, powerful force. A, a while back, I heard a story, and I couldn't find the source. I was hoping to find the source where I heard it from. But I read the story, and uh, it, was, it happened in Spain. And this man was driving his truck, and he was transporting a coffin in the back of his truck. And he was driving, and, and uh, a hitchhiker was trying to get a ride, and he picked up the hitchhiker and said, hey, you sit in the back of the truck. He didn't have room in the cab. You know, the hitchhiker doesn't care. He sits in the truck, minding his own business. Nothing he knows, he knows that it's raining. Begins to rain. He's like, man, I, I, I'm getting wet in the back of the truck. And so the hitchhiker had this bright idea to climb into the coffin. He opened the coffin and climbed into the coffin. No big deal. Staying dry. All right? Pretty smart guy. Meanwhile, the truck driver, he picked up two more hitchhikers. Now, let's get in the back. All right? After a few miles, these guys uh, were hanging out and it stopped raining. And that coffin door opened up. And the first hitchhiker stepped up, stepped out of the coffin, said, man, it stopped raining. That's great. And those two guys jumped out of a moving truck, sustaining injuries, you know, because they saw something come out of a coffin. Now, come on, how many of you will probably do the same thing, right? A powerful force. Fear is a powerful force that makes you do things that you don't normally do. Fear. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The Apostle John, he writes that perfect love casts out all fear. Our love for God is not perfect, but his love for us is perfect. You'll never walk over your troubles until you refuse to give in to your fears. So many of us are paralyzed. Your fear has paralyzed you from doing what God wants you to do, to walk out in faith. You've allowed fear to control you. You've allowed fear to hold you back. God said, don't have the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. You want to walk on water, that's the first step. Don't Given to your fear. But here's the second thought we can learn from Peter. Confirm your desires with God's word. Confirm your desires with God's word. Peter saw Jesus walking on the water after they settled down and realized that that was Jesus, not a ghost. And he said, man, I want to try that. I want to do that. But first he said to Jesus, tell me to come to you, Jesus. Jesus, tell me to come to you. Invite me out with you on the water. Now Jesus could have said, no, Peter, water walking is for Messiahs only. He could have said that. 
But the Bible says in verse 29 that Jesus responded with one powerful word. And that was the word, come. Come. He authorized Peter to walk on the water. So in one way, Jesus wasn't walking. Peter wasn't walking on the water, but instead he was walking on the word of Jesus. He was walking on the authority of Jesus Christ. By the way, you know why you and I can't walk on water? Because we haven't been authorized by Jesus to do so. We haven't been authorized to go walk on Lake St. Clair unless it's frozen. I'm not talking about frozen water. I'm talking about regular water. We haven't been authorized by Jesus to walk on water. You see, when you face a difficult decision in life, when you face a crossroad in your life, you should always seek confirmation from the Word of God. You should always see what God's Word said. Maybe you're contemplating a job change. Maybe you need to move, a career change. Maybe there's a relational decision that you need to make. Don't just jump in the water without consulting with God and God's Word, without consulting with people that can give you good, godly counsel. In fact, we've had some, uh, a, 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 a man in our church here just recently um, been praying about a job, and, and, and he's come talk to me and come, come talk to Pastor Tom and prayed about it, looking for wisdom, looking for God's Word, what was the right decision that he needed to make. And uh, in the past week, you know, the job opportunity happened. He quit his one job, and, and he sees the hand of God working through all of this. And I do too. I said, man, God is in this. And we celebrated with him. Bible says in James chapter, five, uh, James chapter 1, verse five, and six, verse, verse 5 and 6, James says this, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who give generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, you can't be a water walker without first seeking God's wisdom. So what is that thing that's in front of you right now? that you're contemplating. I pray that you will cry out to God for wisdom, pray and ask God for help. And I believe this. I believe that God will speak. You can say, Scott, that just sounds crazy. And there's stuff going on in the media right now this past week. But I believe that. I believe with the right heart, with the right spirit, that you can hear and understand how God is speaking to you. I believe that. I pray that you will listen. God sometimes speaks through his word. Sometimes God speaks through prayer. Sometimes God speaks through godly counsel. God speaks in different ways, but God knows how to communicate to you what you need to hear. And so I pray that you're doing that. I pray before you step out on the boat that you're not stepping out on your own. I pray that you're stepping out on the word of Jesus. Here's the third thing we can learn from Peter. 
We can leave the boat of mediocrity. Leave the boat of mediocrity. After Peter heard the word from Jesus, the Bible says in verse 29 that Peter got down out of the boat. Walk on the water. And came toward Jesus. The great book that came out about 15 years ago um, by John Ortberg, book, and uh, that's the Bible study. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. And that title says it all, doesn't it? I love that title. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. And in that book, it talks about all kinds of boats. There's the bass boat. With Danny at? Danny, Danny got the bass boat, right? And uh, some of you understand that. You got the little bass boat for Lake St. Clair, the rowboat, the cruise boat. Some of you have been on a cruise boat. The super tankers. There's all kinds of boats. But there's one thing in common. One thing in common with all these different boats. They keep you from sinking in the water. They keep you safe. Safe. But when Jesus is out on the water, when Jesus is out on the wave, sitting in the boat, all of a sudden represent not safe, but a lack of faith. A lack of faith. Sitting in the boat represents your current situation. Sitting in the boat represents your status quo. Sitting in the boat can be dull, boring. Just going through the motions. Just sitting in the boat when Jesus invites you to come out in faith. Now, some of you need to leave the boat of mediocrity. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage for Peter to get out of the boat. It takes a lot of courage for him to swing that leg around the boat rail and to say, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to step on the thing and not go down in the water in the middle of the night in a bottomless sea. I'm ready to step out and walk. And it takes a lot of courage. But Peter would never experience water walking if he did it. What's your boat today? What is your boat? What is it that limits you? What is it that's holding you back from stepping out in faith. Are you willing to throw yourself out of the boat of mediocrity and move towards Jesus? Peter, he stepped out of the boat and said, I don't want to be mediocre. I'm ready to step out and be a part of the adventure that God has for me. I want to be normal living. I want to exceed all that God has for me. And if you want that, you have to step out of the boat. Here's the fourth thing. You have to be willing to risk failure. You have to be willing to risk failure. Peter was walking on the water briefly. But then something happened, right? He failed. Proverbs says in Matthew 14, verse 30, when he started to win, he was afraid. And it began to sink. Peter failure, Peter failure started when he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the storms that were all around him. When he started looking at the storm and the waves and the wind, 
He took his eyes off Jesus. That's when it started. That's when his failure began. When Jesus rescued him from the water, Matthew chapter 14, look at verse 31. He said, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? So there's a big, big difference between faith and doubt. Faith and doubt. Doubt is looking at your stormy situation instead of God. That's what doubt is. You're looking at the wind and the wave and your stormy issues, whatever's going on, whatever storm you're facing at, doubt is when you start looking at that instead of God. Faith is when you're looking at God instead of the storm. Peter teaches us the valuable lesson that it's much better to attempt something great and fail than to never attempt anything at all. I'd rather a church going forward, we might make mistakes. We, may, we, might, we might fail here and there. But I'd rather a church moving forward who's afraid, who's not afraid to take risks, calculated risks, and stepping out on faith, rather than being a church that wants to be safe and play it by the rules. You know, Jesus didn't play by the rules. Jesus, he didn't die on the cross so that you and I could be saved. He died on the cross so that we can go forward in faith. And sometimes we might fail, sometimes we, but we can get back up. Because we have Jesus that can carry us through and through. Some of you right now, you say, man, I can't teach the Bible. I'm afraid if I go back there and start teaching the kids that I will fail. And that's what's holding you back. You don't get back out there because you're afraid of failure. I pray that we will get out, step out of the boat, take risks. Life is a risk. Getting out of the bed in the morning is a risk. Every time you get behind the wheel of a car, it's a risk. Eating at a restaurant, it's a risk. But if you're afraid of failure, failure, you'll never, ever leave. The boat. That doesn't mean that you're going to have that bad. You're going to fail. But, that's, but don't beat yourself up. Get back up. And keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Number five. Peter learned to walk with Jesus. Matthew 14, 31. It said, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Jesus rescued Peter because he is the God of the second chance, the third chance, and the fourth chance, and the one thousandth chance. He is the God of second chances. And you can be sure that when you fail and when you cry out to Jesus for help, just like Peter, when he cried out for help, he said, Lord, save me. You can be sure of this. God will come and pull you out. Now, have you ever thought about how Peter and Jesus got back in the boat? Have you ever thought about that? When Jesus pulled him out of the water, did Jesus carry Peter back to the boat? I don't think so. Did Jesus walk back to the boat and maybe let Peter swim 
back with them? Probably not. Here's what I believe happened. I believe that Jesus pulled Peter out of the water. I believe that he put his arm right around Peter. And they walked back together in the boat. See, Jesus is walking with you. It's a lot easier to walk on the water with Jesus than to walk on the water without him. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If I'm yoked with Jesus and he's walking above the turbulent waters of my circumstances, guess where I'm at? I'm walking right with him. I'm walking with him above my storming circumstances. Peter, walk on water. Walk out on faith. One of my other favorite miracles that I love, the story about the blind man. I've talked about the blind man here before. Can't see. Can't. All his life been born blind. And he's standing by the road begging for money. One day as he was standing by the road, he heard that Jesus was walking by. He heard of Jesus. Jesus' fame is spread all through the area. And, and he said, Jesus, come heal me. Come heal me. And so Jesus come and stand in front of the blind man. The blind man can't see Jesus, but Jesus can see the blind man. And I'm sure the blind man thought, man, this is my moment. This is it. This is the day I've been waiting for. I never thought this would happen. But the, the miracle working Jesus, the miracle worker is in front of me. And I know that this is my day, that Jesus is going to heal me. And so he can't see a thing. He hears Jesus. He smells Jesus. He, the breath of Jesus is right there. And the next thing he knows, He's thinking, Jesus can touch my eyes. He can tell me to open my eyes. He can, he can do something that's great. He can do, and this is his moment. This is it. Nothing he knows, he hears Jesus coughing up a loogie. Spitting in the dirt. Making mud. I'm sure the blind man is like, man, I don't know what's just happened. He can't see what's happening, but he's just here spitting. And, and, and Jesus is making mud. And you got to think about this. How much spit do you need to make mud? I mean, Jesus is, you know, it, it, it's coming out of his mouth, and he's making mud. And then he takes that mud from the ground, and then he put it on the eyes of this man, of this blind man. I'm sure the blind man's like, ooh, that just feels nasty. I've got spit mud on my eyes. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care if it's your saliva or the Savior's saliva. Saliva, saliva. That's just nasty. But he got mud on his eyes, and then Jesus tells him, and it's just really off the wall, and that's not the way... You and I would think it should be done, but Jesus said, go walk across town and find a pool and wash it out. And the blind man could have said, no, 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Can I just use my sleeve to wipe it off? Can't you just say the word open my eye? Can't you just say, let's, you know, touch it and make it happen? But we see the response of the blind man. He said, he just took off. He said, if that's what I got to do, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible says that he went to the other side, to the, to the town, found a pool, washed his eyes, and he could see. And some of you here today, whether you're walking on the storms of life, or perhaps you got mud on your eyes, and you say, you know, I just don't understand what's going on. I feel lost. I'm confused. And I'm here to say this. You gotta keep walking by faith. Walking by faith. Step out of the boat. Step out and do what God wants you to do. Even if it doesn't make sense. Mud in my eyes. Walking across town. Doesn't make sense. But if it's what God wants, I'm gonna step out. Just like Peter, he stepped out. Just like that blind man said, okay, I'm going to go. I pray that today you will step out. Jesus, looking at the disciples in the boat, he said, don't be afraid. What you fear that will be over your head is under my feet. Don't be afraid. I got this. I'm, I'm in charge. I, I'm the one that made the lake. I'm the one that made the waters. I'm the one that made the mud. Just trust me. What is, just trust me. Don't be afraid. What you fear will be over your head is under his feet. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 27, For he, the Father, has put everything under Jesus' feet. There could be stormy times in your life, but that's okay. Because they are under the feet of Jesus. And that which is under his feet can never be over my head. I pray that you will step out on faith. Walk on water. Step out of Bold of mediocrity in your life. Be willing to risk failure. Step out. Step out. Whether you're stepping out and you're not sure you got it all figured out, and maybe you got mud in your eyes. But just step out and say, God, I'm going to walk, not by sight, but I walk out in faith. And when you do, I promise you, the adventure of the Christian life is amazing. When you become a water walker, stepping out by faith. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you today. I pray that in this room, just all over this room, that we will learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Whether we need to get out of the boat or perhaps we need to listen and follow you, even though we've got mud in our eyes.
Maybe you got it to plan, and it doesn't make sense. But God will do what you want it to do. God, I pray that we have faith and the courage to do what you want it to do. I pray that we will be, that we will step out of the boat of mediocrity. God, I pray that we will step out on your word. And not our thoughts, not our feelings, but on your word and your word alone. God, I pray that we will live out and live the life that we were meant to live. God, I pray that you will bless us and watch over us today. God, I pray that you will help us increase our faith. God, help us be a water walker for you. In your name I pray. Amen.